there's the belief that you project onto other people and other things the negative aspects you see in yourself. That's not a new notion to me. That's something I've known about for quite some time. But I thought, in all honesty, that it was something that I'd worked hard enough at preventing myself from doing that it it really wasn't an issue for me. Um, And I, I can see instances where I didn't, but the important thing is that if you... If you notice something like that, that you recognize it, then you also address it. I got to thinking, and I told this story on the podcast, and, and I got to thinking about it last night laying laying down for bed. Um, I'd worked out the night before last. I was a little sore, but I'm, I mean, I'm talking the most minimal workout I've ever done in my life because I am really bad out of shape. I'm talking maybe... 20 minutes of very low cardio, very low impact. Maybe 30 at the most. No weights, no nothing of that nature. Because I'm trying to get back in enough shape to get back into jujitsu. But I told the story about my son and, and speech and how I felt he was passing up on something he wanted to do because he was being lazy. And I don't know how many times... Um, my wife and I have had disagreements because I despise laziness and I'm very vocal about it. And and she'll say, well, you always say that. You always say that. And, and I don't know how many times I've said it on the podcast. I, I just, I loathe laziness above all else. And I, I have most of my life. I don't mean relaxation. Like, I'm not one of these guys. Like, I'm not a David Goggins guy or, you know, one of these marathon runner guys. Like, I, I'm not... And I, I, I see nothing wrong. I'm so sorry. My sleep pattern is so goofed. Um, I see nothing wrong with how they do things because that's what's uh, good for them. But by that, I mean like not being too lazy to provide for my family, not being too lazy to do the things that need to be done you know, in my personal life and, and, and in my home life and, and, and in my passions. Not being, not making excuses and not doing those things and just laying around and watching TV and things instead. You know, and for years, we didn't have TV. And I, I mean, we still don't have cable or satellite. But in that time, you know, my wife and kids, they had found these other things that they enjoyed uh as far as entertainment went and watching them, and and I had to a small degree. Netflix, obviously, I mean, really since sometime around probably 2010, 2009, 2010, like I really, really, I'm going to say this around that, like Netflix was about it, but I watch a lot of old movies, and if you ever listen to Retro Cult, the other podcast they used to do, like, you'll, you'll notice, like, I do watch a lot of movies, but especially movies I've seen a ton, I'm not going to lie, a lot of times I will multitask, uh, even though we know that's not actually possible, but I will have the movie playing while I'm doing other stuff, you know. But I, I do watch a fair amount of movies, um, and that's always been kind of my release. But, like, a, a weekly thing, sitting down watching a show, just because uh, my inability to schedule things, that's never really worked out uh 
I can I can tell you I watched X Files in its original run, and I've watched it numerous times the replay since, and it is. For whatever reason, probably my favorite show of all time. My two favorite characters of all time. I was, uh, you know, just desperately in love with Scully and, and Gillian Anderson. And, uh, you know, Fox Motor was my hero. And, and I still, like, I have an affinity and a love for that series. And, I, you know, I, I will watch it from time to time. I, I thought Lost was an exceptional show. One that can't be... Uh, rewatched for me, and my, but I couldn't watch it every weekend, and I've, I've or every week, or let me rephrase it. I couldn't watch it every week as it was on. I went back and binged it afterwards uh, because it was too long, and I, I have that issue. I like the British version of TV shows, I guess, better than the American ideal of a TV show. Uh, you know, you'll get two seasons of The Office, the British Office, and they were really, really good. And the American office just went on and on and on. And, I, you know, I, I keep saying I'm going to watch the American office. Uh, but that was kind of the thing. And, like, uh, the other day I watched 1899, I think it is, 18, whatever. Uh, not the Yellowstone prequel. Uh, this this is a, a a German TV show on Netflix. I forget the name of the people that made it. They also made a series named Dark, called Dark, uh, which I'm watching. But I, I used to not watch as much TV and, and devote that kind of time. And when I did, I would binge and, you know, it'd be on a weekend or, or you know, at, at that time especially, I didn't sleep, which is not good and I don't recommend that. So, you know, that would be my nighttime activity is just I'm going to binge TV, binge TV, binge TV, you know, movies, whatever. But now as as technology and, and advancements have come around like we still don't have cable or satellite but you know we have hbo max netflix amazon prime um disney plus hulu sling during basketball season and football season for my wife like whatever you know we, we and, and there is a lot more opportunity there and i find myself going back to it more often you know and my defense of it always is, well, yeah, but, and, and this is a fairly accurate uh, number, I would say. I would say 85% at least of what I consume and have consumed for the last couple of years is documentary. But that doesn't make it any better, but, you know, you can find a way to justify that. But I always say, you know, I, the biggest thing I don't want to do is be lazy and do that. And then here I give my son this speech the other day, but don't don't be lazy and miss out on something you love out of laziness. And, you know, he, he took that and understood that. And 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 I'm happy for that because it, it gave him back something he enjoyed and wanted and took away a crutch that could have hurt him down the road. And, and you know... That that's important, you know, um, because he he is facing a um, a situation I, I didn't I didn't have to face. Everything for me growing up was outside and imagination involved. You know, I had used my imagination. I was outside a lot. Like it was very active, and not just because I enjoyed that, but because that was the societal norm at the time. The societal norm for him will be much more electronics-based and, and much more sedentary at times. And, it, you know, it doesn't mean that he can't be active. and It doesn't mean that. 
But society going forward will be that for him, and it will impact him that way and influence him that way, and he will exist in it in that way. That is the undeniable march of progress, I guess. And, and to just ignore that and go, well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take all electronics from him, and if he has to stand outside and start the sky, he's going to get outside 90% of the time. I could do that, but that's ignorant, and it's it's a... Uh, it's a ridiculous endeavor. You're, you're not benefiting your children by sheltering them from electronics, sheltering them from the future economy and work. You're not. That, that's just ignorance on your part. And that, that's an issue you need to deal with. But an issue I need to deal with is that laziness issue. You know, my daughter, in my opinion, uh, <laughs> naps a lot. Um, sits around and watches a lot of TV, is not lazy. She's got a good job. She does that job. She does that job well. She is educated. She got herself educated. She lives roughly five hours away from us, alone. Well, I mean with her boyfriend, but away from us, away from immediate family. Um... She is not lazy, and I, I I hope that she saw that in me. That you know, I, I don't I don't have to be lazy, and I I have a deep respect for her and what she does, and and how she does it. We have different um, approaches and and different interests, but I think her and I more than than most people in my life have the most similar desires in in what we wanted out of life. You know. Um, and and she is, I, I think she sees the sacrifices her mother made and that I made. And that I think when the time comes, she'll make those sacrifices. But she realized she didn't have to make those sacrifices as young as we did. Um, so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think that she's lazy. And I don't think that my son's lazy. I think his world is different than my world at his age and his interests are different than mine. I think there's times he can be lazy. There's times anybody can be lazy. But I've always been an advocate for not being lazy. And I feel like I've always um, really stepped up in that. You know, and, I, you know, I, I've got, I used to say stuff like that to my wife. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, you're also erratic and, and hyperactive. And this is, I, I don't know that I ever consider myself Hyperactive, um, definitely, you know, attention deficit disorder issues, but I don't know about the hyperactivity. <clears throat> but, you know, when, especially, you, know, you take me, at, I'm 40, take me at 20, you know, I may decide on a Monday that I'm going to start a band, and we're gonna, and so, you know, I'll build a building, build a studio, you know, this, and then add on to that studio for my video podcast with my drummer at the time, Tyler. And then the next week, you know, me and my brother will be building lowrider bikes, because, you know, 20-inch uh, bicycles because we used to do it when we were younger and we thought it was cool. And then the week after that, you know, we may be in the hills building uh, some type of cabin. Like, it was always this payment. There was never any downtime or free time or lay-around time. And, and it was very purposeful. Um uh, or not very, you know, not on purpose. Um, 
because I, 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 didn't, I didn't have extra time. I didn't sleep. Uh, I had to work. Uh, so I, I, you know, I used that time uh, the best I could. Uh, and it kept me very much out of the loop pop culture-wise. And I remained out of that loop for a really long time. And then it got to a point to where it was more purposeful that I was making sure that I was not um, just sitting and, and being complacent and and and, um, and lazy, you know, because I had a great fear. Um, you know, I, I've told the story about working seven days a week and never seeing my family, you know. Um, I think a lot of that was out of fear of being lazy and also out of a desire to give my family something I, I, I didn't have. But, you know, I, I say it all the time and, and they weren't, only one of them was, I guess, quote, a full-time job as far as five days a week. But my mom worked two to three jobs when I was growing up. You know, and and there was no complaint there on that part. And, you know, my grandpa hustled, you know, when I was younger. And there was no complaint there on that part. My Uncle Glenn was a machine uh, who should have passed away far before. They started giving him a year to live 10 years before he died, and he was still working seven days a week, 10 and 12 hours a day, gone for 14 and 16, and working harder than anybody out there. And then my dad, you know, my dad would say, well, you know, I can remember they got to a point to where the company he was at, it was every other Friday off, and he was like, you know, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that every other Friday off and enjoy life. And I ended up taking on that philosophy, but then when I looked at it, you know, when I was little, my dad, that's all he was, dad always had something going on, always doing something, always busy. I mean, busy, busy. And then when he said that to me and I decided, yeah, maybe I should live my life that way. Then I stepped back and look at what dad done. Well, yeah, dad worked a full-time job. Plus he dealt with his horses. Plus he traded and sold his horses. Plus the spending every off Friday, driving three hours to pick up stuff to sell and coming back and spending every Saturday and Sunday selling that stuff. Plus, working on rent. My dad's never took time off. Never. My stepmom's never really took time off. She's always got two or three different things going. Into, uh, yeah, she'll clean banks for this, but then she'll clean the all the rentals that her and dad own. Plus, she'll babysit kids here. Plus, she does this for dad and this for my brother and this for my sister. Like, it's... You know, I come from a a group of people that are not lazy. You know, my my stepdad, the man my mom's married to now, um, he's always doing something. He's always busy. You know, and and a lot of it for his mom. Like you know, they're very. They're, him and his brothers are very dedicated to their mother and take very good care of their parents and stuff. And I had a lot of respect for them. And they're natured a lot differently than I think my family is natured. I'm sure my mother wished I was natured more like him. Um, but just, you know, I've had exceptional people around me. And and I've, uh, my father-in-law is probably the most devoted person as far as work went that I, that I, I think I've known in my life. I, I really... Him and my uncle Glenn may may be the the two most devoted people I've ever known as far as work goes, uh, you, you know. And it <clears throat> and and I, I I have the utmost respect and admiration for them. And I've always been an advocate, 
an advocate of not being lazy, not becoming content and not becoming um, inactive and, 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 you know, um, not too long ago, it was work, you know, five, at least four to five days a week. Then fire department and auction on Friday night. And, and then, you know, on Saturdays, you know, family time, but probably flea market and sale. Same thing on Sunday in the warmer months. Uh, in the winter months, writing and creating and, and things of that nature. And then on top of that, jujitsu, if it were up to me four nights a week, five, uh, sometimes to be fair to my family. And you have to do that. To make concessions and think about other people. And sometimes you have to have somebody like my wife to remind you of that and remind you of what's really important and remind you that the temporary state of what you're doing cannot overrule the long-term value of what you have. So, you know, but still, jujitsu two nights a week, three nights a week, working out four and five nights a week, you know, um, those, those, those things mattered to me at one point in time, and I was very good at executing them, very, very good at executing them. Uh, the running, getting ready, and, and running the two five Ks, that was fun, and and I and enjoyed it. You know, at that time, that was starting to prepare for those five Ks was after a layoff, and when I left the industry and working that now that I'd been in for, you know, at that point probably fourteen years, uh, or 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 lay, you know right around that, and and doing something different for a very short amount of time. You know, <clears throat> get up before work and run go to work and walk a mile at work and then come home and exercise and, and go to jujitsu and, you know, do those things. And it, it was fun. And, and, and it, you know, I ended up doing uh, two five K's and, and doing fairly well on those and enjoying those. And, and it was something to work for and something to keep me from being lazy because that was always my fear that if I was lazy, I was wasting time and I was wasting life. And I would mention being lazy all the time. And I would have to assume that was me seeing in others what I feared for myself and projecting the fears of myself in others and, and saying that. And, you know, how many times and how redundant the statement's been. I just, I loathe laziness. I despise lazy. I did a, Let me tell you right now. In the last year... I have said that statement I don't know how many times. No clue. And I will tell you this. In that last year, not that it's not been longer, but more specifically in that last year, my behavior has been a prime example of laziness. And it is right now. And here I sit, speaking to my son, someone I love and respect greatly, and told him, hey, don't be lazy. Don't miss out on something you love because it's hard, because you don't want to work for it. Because almost everything in life you do will be hard and you will have to work for it, especially those things that you love and that bring value into your life. And I'm not working hard at really anything. I'm existing, something that I've also been very against my entire life. Something that I'll get on my stump and, and hammer my fist about is don't just exist, don't just... Be, and that's exactly what I'm doing. And the reason 
I was always so vocal about it and always said things like that. It's really two main reasons. One, fear of that happening to me. And two, the knowledge that everything that becomes routine for you, everything that becomes um, habit for you, becomes hard to break, especially the easier it is to obtain. And laziness and complacency are very easy to obtain. So they're very hard to break. Very hard to break. Now, obviously, I, I've made the statement before in, in, in the recent past that I'd been thought I was becoming lazier. I was doing things in a lazy manner. It's not some great revelation. But I don't think I've ever really sit down and thought about it the way I, I have recently because one, I see that projection. I see that me seeing that in a, and, and <clears throat> that's a great tool because you can get to the point to where you don't do that. I, I believe that because I believe for the most part I don't. But maybe it's the things we fear most or the things we dislike most about ourselves that we more often than not project onto people. Or even things that we're not, but we really fear being. So it, it, life requires analysis. It, it requires thinking. If you can't think about life and existence, then you're kind of just existing. And again, I'm not cool with just existing. But I, I want to better myself and I want to improve myself. And that's part of that. And, and recognition, recognition of the issue and recognition of um, the problem, very important. Addressing them are very important. Realizing that you're wrong about something and that there's a deficiency in your being and your person and your personality and your existence, that that deficiency is there and addressing it and attempting to resolve it. I could have done a podcast on how other people are lazy. And and don't think that those things don't cross my mind from time to time, but stop and, and analytically look at it and figure out why. Why is, why has laziness been such a big burden on my mind lately? Why is it that seeing laziness in other people has been such a uh, trigger for me lately? Why, why is that? Well, the easy and obvious, uh, maybe, answer is, well, because that's not me, and that's not who I am. And you know what? Uh, either I love those people and I want to see them do better, or, you know, those people are cheating me or cheating them. So there's always an excuse or reason why you, you look at that in someone else. But possibly, with some self-reflection and some time, you can look at it and go, oh, okay. That's what I'm doing right now, and it's not what I want to do, and it's not who I want to be. So, I, I'm projecting that. I'm, I'm pushing that out. And, you know, even, even in an offensive way, I'd done the Lazy Worker episode, maybe. Because I still feel, I feel I was accurate in that. I, I don't feel those people are lazy. I feel those people are intelligent and doing something smart. But that was a projection of it's exactly what I want to do, but I won't do it out of fear and out of a 
a fear that I'm going to lose something. So I project it, but I make an excuse for I have to make this sacrifice. And I wants and this and this and this. And also, those people are being called lazy, so let me defend them. And in a way, I'm defending myself. I've been told that my desire to look at things and analyze things on that level are detrimental to me and that they, um, they're, they're really just... I've even had people tell me that it's ridiculous. You know, that it just, just live. Just, why, why do you have to think? I don't know. Maybe that's not healthy. Maybe that's not normal. But to me, it's helpful to me because um, if I'm going to get out of this funk that I'm in and, and this laziness that I'm participating in, if I'm going to get out of it, I have to recognize it, address it, and work to rectify it. But I'll tell you something that I'm starting to realize at 20, at 30, at 35, um, maybe even at 36 or 37, because there was a life-changing deal there. You know, we've talked about it numerous times. But at least at 35, I would have told you that not being lazy is just a matter of dedication, just a matter of getting up and going and doing. And, and, and even there was a point before probably 30, I would have said, well, you know, some you could have told me, well, some people aren't lazy. They're just depressed and inactive. And I would tell you, well, I've dealt with depression, and you just fight through it. You just push through. You just power through it. And that's all you do. If you've ever dealt with depression, you know, that's not what you do. You can do it. It, it can be done, but you're masking and, and, and you're, you're covering something else up. You have to stop and analyze and deal with that. That's what you have to do. And it's no different with laziness. And I would have told you at 35, well, you know, not be lazy, just don't be lazy. And really have thought it was that simple because it had been that simple for me. Maybe I just didn't have a, 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 a you know, I didn't have a, a gravitation towards laziness, whatever the case may be, okay. But regardless, um, I, I, I would have told you that, that, it, that it was easy. And it was easy for me at that point and at that time, but it's not easy for me now. I don't think it makes me less than or less than it was, but I tell you what, it does humble you and it does make you go, oh, well, you know, that was pretty asinine to say what I said, to think what I thought. It's pretty stupid of me to have felt that way. But I recognize it. And that... We often look harshly on people because I did. In this situation, I would look harshly on people who only identify and understand and become compassionate to a situation when they're in it. It's convenient, isn't it? It's convenient for me to say at 30, well, if you don't want to be lazy, just don't be lazy. Because I... I'm not lazy. I mean, it's easier to be lazy, but I'm not lazy. Don't be lazy. And then to turn around at 40 and go, look, it's, it's not as easy as you think to not be lazy. 
Well, that's convenient, isn't it? It really is. It, it's convenient. But maybe, maybe what I should have done was said everyone's different and every situation's different. And, and, and I would have done that in, in most issues. Not issues that I didn't know existed. Not issues that I didn't understand. Not issues that I hadn't experienced firsthand. We grow. We learn. And as convenient as it is for me to say that now, the important part is for me to recognize that I was still wrong at 30. I wasn't correct. I just wasn't stopping and looking at the situation. Holy. Now, what else am I doing that with right now? You know, what What else right now am I addressing and, and lacking to look at and understand in the way that I, I, I do laziness? You know, what have I not experienced yet that I, I lack the understanding of and I'm making ignorant statements about still? Maybe the only way I'll find all of those is when I either experience them or my time runs out, and I never do. But I would have to think, in all honesty, if I hadn't have taken the time last night to sit there and dismantle my actions and to evaluate my situation and to consider my beliefs against what I know, against what I see, and taking the time to really analyze the situation for what it was and to take excuses away from myself. And I would not have come to that conclusion that I came to. And I would not be making this podcast and saying the things that I say now. My desired goal is to eradicate that laziness from my life now. doesn't mean that I plan on having a six-pack and um, running the New York City Marathon. It's not always physical endeavors that you can be lazy towards. It's often, for me, mental endeavors that I can become lazy towards. But it's improvement. It's maintenance of where you are and improvement to where you want to go. Those are the the issues in which I've become lazy in. Not maintaining that maintenance of mental and physical capacity. And I'm not pursuing a, an, an improvement in mental and physical capacity. I've become complacent. And in my complacency, I am regressing, not progressing. And and that that's an issue for me. But had I not stopped and, you know, done something that I've been told many times, you're just overthinking and you're this and you're that. But it works for me. And if I had not evaluated that, then I don't think I get to this point here. Now, maybe I don't, maybe I, I, I don't improve anything from here forward. I, I'm also not one for being delusional. And I'm not one that's going to sit and, you know, in the past, my ability to say, this is what's going to happen, don't stop until it happens, has always been there. That has diminished over time. Now, I could say, well, it's this simple. I'm just going to force that back into existence. Well, that, that doesn't always work. And I've, I've come to learn that. I mentally change and grow, hopefully. 
And so I have to take different tactics to get the desired outcome. And I think there's, I know, I know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, there's other issues that I need to address right now and I need to work on right now. Other things about myself that I do not like, things that are not net positives, things that are easy adjustments that will not affect who I am, despite how many times I go, well, that's just who I am. They will not affect who I am. They will not negatively impact who I am. Let me let me say it that way. They will not negatively impact who I am. I will still be me, but there will be positive modifications. And I see those now because I look back, especially this last spurt, this this spring of uh, of podcast episodes that's came out. And a lot of them addressing people or thoughts or ideals that have a negative light on me. Oh, you know, you're not happy all the time. You're happy all the time. And, and me saying, well, no, no, I'm not. Of course I'm not happy all the time, but what about that? What, what about that triggered me so? You guys have no idea about that statement. For me, I do feel like there was a positive discourse there between me and this person, even though it wasn't in person. They made this statement, and I gave a rebuttal that I think was logical and made sense. At least I hope it did. But also, I'm not happy, and I falsely project happiness a lot of times. Not all, not not in a. There, there may be this fear in people. I think there is me of appearing unhappy. Not, not massively unhappy, not desolately depressed, but just unhappy because you've been unhappy before. And people who care about you, people like my wife and my friends, they recognize that unhappiness. And so a projection of total happiness may stop them from recognizing an unhappiness that's not as severe as unhappiness I've experienced in the past, but an unhappiness I still don't want to recognize. So maybe that is why I felt inclined to do that. And obviously... I want to be at home working from home and I want a career change and these things and I have fear and apprehension and also I'm not in a place that I'm willing to do that financially and 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 and, and family-wise right now. So I address it and I defend those who've made it, made the choice because I really do believe in that and and I came from that sincerely but also there is this selfish part of me that goes yeah, yeah, they did the right thing. And, and if you did it, it'd be the right thing too, even though you're not ready to do it right now. Selfishness is the hardest dragon to slay. It is. And it doesn't always come from a negative place. Because I think a lot of time we look at being protective of ourselves and being defensive of ourselves as always being negative and always being selfish. Sometimes a desire for personal improvement, most of the time, a desire for personal improvement, especially in the vein of as a person, uh, as a friend, as a, a, a parent, as a, a spouse, to improve that is an honorable goal. To 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 pr- improve yourself uh, mentally and physically is an honorable goal. It's not selfish, but sometimes it gets tainted with a selfish tint. 
And and that's that's not fair. And to me, humility and, and to, to be humble, to be humble to me is the most important thing. And and I think I know why. It is Justin trying to do some psycho babble on himself. I, I always respected confident people. And and in fiction, people that were confident to almost a point of arrogance, but so very kind and unselfish that it made up for that. But I always liked confidence in a person. I, I, I did, because I never truly had real confidence in myself. I, I, I at times, will project a, a sense of confidence that I don't actually have. And I felt as though that my lack of confidence made me less than. And that my lack of confidence was a, a lack of my ability to achieve. And you hear me speak about jujitsu all the time, even though I've not really been active in it in almost a full year now. It's because there is a humbling factor to it that not only you experience yourself, but you see in others. You will interact with someone so much better than you that it may, if you're fragile enough, feel like humiliation the way they handle you in a combative situation. And it can be displayed as humiliation if you're training with the wrong people. I was very fortunate, and I've always trained with really good people. Someone like Michael Sturgill or Ryan Bryant or Jade or Kevin or um, Becky, uh, I, I, I I could name every single training partner with the exception of maybe two that I've only trained with. These, and these two people only trained with once or twice. The people that I was training with on a daily basis, guys like Trey and, and it, 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 these names may mean nothing to you, but they'll always mean something to me because all of these people consecutively from day one decimated me. But it was always a learning experience and always humbled me and humbled me in a good way. And they were always supportive. And they were always working to help me get better and to learn. I could turn around then and see them against people much higher than themselves, uh, knowledge-wise and experience-wise, get humbled in themselves and have no shame, have no guilt in that, have the, the same joy and, and experience of, of learning that I got from being humbled by them. So to be humbled is a very very important thing to me. To do a podcast and to have a voice and to have people listen, whether it's like it was when I was on the old platform and I had the one episode hit two grand, you know, or it is like it is now and I had one episode hit four listens the other day. It doesn't matter 
That will humble you. It will. But it is easy to not experience that one rationally and two humbly. Whether it's one listener or 2,000 listeners, it is the impact of having a voice and being heard when maybe you feel you've never been heard or you feel that others aren't being heard. You can let that go to your head. And it is important to remain humble in that. And it's important to keep yourself humble and to keep yourself locked in reality. It would be very easy for me to have got on here, done another episode about something else, or addressed something else that I felt was negative in someone else. Something I felt was negative politically, because I've done that. Something I felt was negative societally, because I've done that. Something that I felt was negative about social media, which I've done that. Which I will tell you probably comes very much is rooted in my ability to become easily obsessed with social media. Because I'm a dopamine fiend like anybody else. But, Instead, I looked at this and said, this is what's wrong with me. This is my shortcoming that's bothering me the most. And maybe if I talk about it and I express it, and I say to the people that hear it, I'm I'm not proud of this part of me. But I want to fix it. I want to acknowledge it. Maybe to some people that would humiliate them. Now, obviously, if, if, if or Bolin hears this or um, Elliot hears this or Goose hears this or my friend Mandy, like that, that's not going to humiliate me. That, that's something that I would say to them anyway. And it's not going to humiliate me if a complete stranger hears it. If these people who have made snarky and negative remarks about me in the past are still listening and they hear it, it's not going to humiliate me in front of them. It's not. It's not going to humble me in my regards to how they see me. It's going to humble me, in my opinion, in a more important way of how I see myself, which allows me to come to them in a more humble manner. But some people would be humiliated by it. A lot of people wouldn't care. A lot of people would care less than I care. But to me, it is important, and it may not be important to you. And, and that's, that's something on that selfishness scale that sometimes I won't listen to something that, you know, has no positive impact to me, maybe, and I'll say, but, you know, sometimes do things for yourself, and, and it may not impact others, or it might. But between last night in this podcast and talking this out, out loud, saying it out loud, you know, and, and, and thinking about it. it. It's... When I was younger, I just went at life full bore everything I could and made mistakes and things of that nature. And then, then I came to a point to where mental reflection became a lot more important to me. And I'd done that for a long time and maybe I let it become mundane and, and just 
automated and, and robotic, and, and maybe I need to change. So I think between last night and this podcast, the biggest thing takeaway from that for me is to um, to be more self-reflective and to find a way to work on that. I may not ever get a six-pack and don't know if I need one, but maybe I can improve who I am. Don't suck. Don't die. And don't be mad at yourself for being lazy until you give yourself the chance to fix it. And be good to people.